Hey, this is Pastor Chad Muncy, and welcome to another uh, edition of Fundamentals of Foundation, uh, part of the uh, Foundation Church God here in Noblesville, Indiana. It's been a while since we've done yeah, a podcast. It's been a, couple, it's been a couple weeks. And that's why I'm kind of uh, stuttering just on the start here because that's been running through my head trying to figure out how long it's been. And we've had quite a bit going on. One of our desires was to have done a podcast at Winterfest, but we seem to have found ourselves a little busier than we thought we were. And the times where we weren't busy, we kind of enjoyed just sitting back and relaxing some. So, well, we weren't making videos or. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Winterfest was a great thing. Of course, I'm here with Trevor Fannin, our youth pastor at the church. And, and uh, Trevor, just uh, real quick before we get into what we want to talk about today, um, just kind of tell us your thoughts on Winterfest this year. I know we were just doing pre service, we didn't get to. Getting in service a whole lot, but um, just some different things you you took from Winterfest, uh, just being a part of that event, uh, how how important that is as a, a thing of youth ministry uh, in the Church of God and, and uh, affecting the lives of teenagers that do attend. So, yeah, well, as you said, like we got to be a part of pre-service, which um, for me, pre-service was always kind of just weird and like lame i guess you could say um i'd say it's accurate yeah you'd say that's pretty accurate so yeah like it's it's always it's always been weird and lame and like last year when you when you asked me if if i would like to help with pre-service at india i was like yes like that's that's been a dream like to be up on the winterfest stage whether it's speaking in like a ministry context or just up there acting like we're idiots which was pretty much what we did all weekend um it was still great to do because like i was getting stopped in the hall in the hallway i was getting stopped in the elevator getting stopped wherever i was at for the people to just be like hey man the stuff you're making is awesome you keep up the good work and i'm just like wow like that's so cool to hear from people that they think that the stuff i'm doing is cool um i also was so happy to get the opportunity to um actually sit in on on one of the services (laughs) um and i say one because that's really all the time that i had to do um I got to sit in, and I actually got to go up to the to the altar and, and pray over some some people that I've known for a long time, and it was it was great to be able to minister into their lives um, more than more than I normally would get to mm-hmm. because of distance or things like that. Definitely a great event, and I mean, if if you are part of the Church God of Cleveland, Tennessee, um, in doing youth ministry, find a way to get your kids there next year. Of course, in our big event coming up uh, is youth camp in the summer. Definitely find find a way to get your students there. Uh, find a way to raise money to get them there. Do whatever you have to do to get them there because uh, both kind of events like that are so life-changing. And uh, there's a lot of different things that we can do in ministry. Uh, different kind of rallies or anything that might just have a couple of different churches and stuff that are really good. But the impact that you see from an event like Winterfest or Youth Camp, um, it's, it's hard to rank it just with like our services or something. There's just something I feel really significant of what God can do at events like that. And I wish I had a way to really explain it. There's not. Yeah. It just it just happens. It's I think there's a lot of people who have been uh, ones who go to those kind of events 
just have those stories of that. Uh, I was telling some, uh, got an opportunity to minister at a youth group tonight, and I was telling them because I, I uh, kind of pushed youth camp this for them, and just said out of, if you was asking me to list like some of my top services, top ten services you ever been in or something like that, a good a good part of those services are going to be services from youth camp. I mean, yeah, it's I just, completely agree. It's just uh, from all sides, as a worker, as a student, it's just amazing what God's done and how it's just impacted my life. And so it's very important to get to those kind of events and to be a part of those. So, Yeah, I, I think Winterfest is a great opportunity. For me, it holds a special place in my heart because that is the place that God called me into ministry. And that's the place where I kind of like, I guess you could say it was kind of like my wake up call to like really get serious about mm-hmm. about my relationship with Christ, and I mean it's always a bonus that we're both going to be there yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had a planning. We were planning Winterfest for how long on Sunday? Yeah, or not Winterfest camp meeting for or <laughs> camp meeting. Oh my goodness, we youth camp. Track of everything. Yeah, and and like we have found ourselves in this spot where. Um, like I would love to speak at at a Winterfest. I got to speak at a youth camp, two youth camps last year, and they were it was so awesome. And um, uh, I, I would love to do that stuff again. But um, you know, I mean, you desire to see that, but but to think like even where we have found ourselves with Winterfest uh, Midwest now, it's our second year that we did Midwest pre-service. Uh, and youth camp, we're going into our second decade <laughs> of running wreck. And just, we're kind of the funny humor aspects of it, uh, kind of pump up the crowd or get the, the attitude or atmosphere set. And, um, and it can seem like such a trivial thing. And, uh, but just being a part of any of it that helps build towards that point where someone can have that encounter with God in the altars it's just cool to be a part of and absolutely you know we um, I enjoyed last summer getting to play the part of being the minister who helps see that happen uh, but it's it's fun to know um, oh, just to see that just just the aspect of of uh, being a part of any of it and of course you know working with me with camp and just how uh, you know how camp has went that we've we've caught that mindset we're not just there we're there to run the games we're there to have the fun time but there's so many who know us and recognize us in that way at youth camp now that we see the impact and influence that we can have absolutely and the challenge we've tried to do um, and we've been off a couple years being honest on it but the challenge we try to do making sure we're there in service and and tying in the kids throughout the day and finding those times to help and go minister to them in those altars it's just so awesome to be a part of it and um like we just challenged any youth leaders make sure you get your kids there but youth leaders um you know it's it's going to sound weird but if if you got to take vacation time to go work a camp it's worth it uh, it's worth taking that time and going and being a part of an event like that from a worker aspect 
and just how much it helps in your ministry and the things that you can do too. So I completely agree, and and I've told people in the past when we talk about when we talk about camp and stuff, um, it is my vacation. I I used to I I did the, exactly what what Chad just said. I I would take my vacation time from my previous job. I would take a week, two weeks, whatever it took to be able to. Uh, be able to go and pour into kids' lives. Um, and it didn't matter to me what I was doing. It didn't matter if I was on the crew. Yeah, I would love to do the crew. But it didn't matter to me if I was on the crew, if I was a cabin leader, if I was even if I was doing kids' camp and I was a cabin leader. I didn't care because I got to uh, pour into some kids' lives, which was what really mattered. And it, was, it made that time that I had to request off from work um, and use up my vacation time where I could have very easily gone to like vacation. I could have gone to Florida or I could have gone to Kings Island or something like that. But instead, I chose to go to youth camp. Yeah. And I chose to be one of the people who could influence someone who was in the same place that I was at, even. Yeah. And last year was really kind of a good example of that because it was my first time being a cabin leader at high school camp. And I got the opportunity to have what we called it the way we called it in our cabin was an upper room because we were on the top floor but we had like two of two of the cabins there were four four different cabins in our cabin or three different cabins in our cabin and two of the three were upstairs and we were just talking and it was myself and two other youth pastors and we were just pouring into students yeah and it was so awesome and we had one of this one of the youth pastors was a cabin leader and one of them was a member of the rec staff yeah that we just like you were saying, you know, we've been in those places and they recognize us to the point where me as a camel leader, I'm inviting rec members like, hey, if you guys want to come up, we're gonna do like a devotion after yeah. service and you guys can come hang out. Like it's 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 cool to the students to have that person there that they know almost like a celebrity is in the room yeah. and they're kinda like Okay, so this person's more than just the guy who makes us makes me laugh on stage. Yeah. He also has a heart for God. Yeah, and and you've you're coming more onto that end of of working with us, and I've been doing youth camp long enough now, uh, where there's people who came through some of my cabins when I was a cabin leader, who's now like youth pastors or pastors in the state, and how cool that is, and then uh, the fact of like uh, ones who were just campers are now, I mean. Uh, you were a camper, right? You know, and now you're you're youth pastor of my church, and <laughs> and everything else we throw at you at the church, pretty much, and and uh, we're clicking really good yeah. through the past year, and just having some fun stuff with with Cairo. Uh, <laughs> so you know, shooting um, seven videos in twenty yeah. minutes. I mean. um, <laughs> and so to see that, like the ministry that's happened, and and you know. Uh, just the discipleship that we do as as that crew yeah. as Cairo together you know and Cairo is what we've called our, our group it was the crew we've kind of changed it to, to Cairo which means the crew in Greek or something we're like that we're messed up in our head so it makes sense to us but anyways um, but the, those times where we've been late at night like we do all the crazy stuff and we'll have crazy things that we do at night and fun things we do at night but then sometimes where it's just been some really serious um, discussions about God and just our walk and Christianity and, and the church. And uh, it's so cool to see, like, those who have probably went from, like, 
and and you're going to see this in the next couple of years. You know, some of those kids who were in that upper room, yeah. the discussion with you, uh, one day maybe on uh, in Cairo with you. Yeah, you know, that's doing crazy yeah. stuff during the day, but at night having some of the same serious discussion and helping lead, and that's so cool to see that. And that's we get to see uh, some some of that discipleship and mentorship happen, where we see some kids grow and the connections that's made in just a week. Mm-hmm. And that's what's always been awesome to me too with our state and with camp is like how there's some times. Uh, and we've had people who came as guest speakers at Indiana Youth Camp and been surprised when they've looked at me and said, man, you guys are so good up there at the things you're doing and how fun it is. And like, uh, like you all go to the same church and I go, no, we're all from different churches. And they're like, what? And I said, yeah, we just, well, well, now, we just clicked. Well, you now know, you got four, now we're five all of your seven the same church, yeah. But But there was a time where it's like, what? And yeah, it's, we just... It's just something that's there, and how powerful that is. That like in just a week, to, in a week's time, uh, the friendships that are built to like, to think like, if you really patch it all together, there's some people who we consider like really close friends that we see them somewhere, and you're just instantly going to start talking about anything, and that that relationship is really built on if you if you wrote it all down it's built on maybe two months worth out of like six seven years you've known the person it's really based on like maybe two months worth of time that you've actually spent with them yeah i mean we're that close i mean that's so cool a prime example is that of that is uh we ran into danny at camp at winterfest i met danny two years ago at youth camp and every time we see each other it's basically like we get as much in a conversation as we can yeah. because like we know it's going to be like a half another six months before <laughs> we see each other again yeah so it's like and you know like yeah we can stay in contact through facebook and and stuff but for us it's more like you know that that one-on-one face-to-face conversation is what's really awesome like yeah like getting to get back together it's almost like when they say like in movies like we're gonna get the band back together it's like we're yeah, getting the it's, band back it's together. like it happens every year <laughs> and uh and it's true and it's it's so i don't know it's i guess it's an organic thing that's kind of the trendy word to say now yeah. on it. but it's true it's just something that's natural it wasn't worked up and uh and now there's just that base there that it's easy to pull people in and that's what's been cool too is that we've had, uh, now we, you know, there's that camaraderie there that on the outside you you can look and and we've had that some, and not in a negative way. They've just looked and said, "Man, you guys are so close. I don't I don't want to mess that up, and I don't think I could tie in." Yeah. But we've had some others who's like, um, "You're going to be working with them this week," and it's like, "Okay." It's brand new. We really don't know him. And by the end of the week, you're just family. Yeah. Uh, we like just, I think we... of Laney. Shout out to Laney. Yeah. Um, uh, Laney, who was working at the camp we're at, and and uh, you probably hear my grandfather clock in the background <laughs> as we film here at the house, at the new house. But uh, Laney, who uh, was working at the camp, and and um, you know we didn't know her at all. She's actually part of a totally different denomination, and uh, but uh, by the end of the year, she's part of our whole group chat that we're yeah, doing yeah. and even sent a text message like last week 
when uh, Donnie was asking like everybody's number again. And so she's just one of us. And mm-hmm. I hope we see her this year at camp. And if not, that doesn't change her being one of us. And it, it's that's just cool yeah. that we've built that kind of base where um, someone brand new can come in and like we all this mindset of like, okay, well you're not going to be new by the end of the week. Right. You're going to be part of us. Right. Like, like it's 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 it really does end up becoming like a family, like a like a fraternity as we're yeah. going to kind of <laughs> yeah. like yeah. do this year. Like it's it's it literally is. It's like a brotherhood. It's awesome. It's great. I absolutely love being a part of it. Yep. It's been cool. Well, we got way off on the start there. <laughs> um, didn't plan all that, but I liked it. It's I did pretty too. good. It yeah. was talking about uh, some things that are true discipleship. Uh, but we do want to bring to you today something that, uh, since we're on youth and youth ministry, this is one that I think hits more towards youth. And uh, it's something that came up. Um, this weekend when a bunch of us were hanging out together and just looking at uh, the fact of a couple weeks ago now, is it? Uh, 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 Chance the Rapper uh, won at um, at uh, the Grammys, uh, three Grammys I believe he took home. And of course, thank God he performed at the Grammys. Uh, his song, uh, How Great Is Our God, I Believe, with Kurt Franklin on the stage. Um, and so uh, this thought of like, wow, you know, Chance is saved. Chance is a Christian. And so we wanted to kind of talk about that tonight. Uh, just that thought um, uh, that we seem to do in church that like as soon as someone does something that's Christian, we just immediately say they're Christian. Uh, yeah, there's some references, a couple um, articles that we'll we'll reference and mention. But you know, there's some references of uh, uh, John uh, Jonathan McKee and his article that we'll reference uh, mentions how Selena Gomez sang uh, a worship song with Hillsong at one of their concerts. So now, is, does that mean she's saved and she's a Christian on her way to heaven, and loves Jesus? And we, you know, and, and these thoughts. And what really came up is. Um, that there's some people who's wanting Lee to bring uh, Lee University to bring Chance Rapper to Lee Day to perform at Lee Day, and which is which. Um, for those of you who may not know us very as well, the Lee University is the is the university in Tennessee that our denomination is a part of. Yeah. So it's the premier <laughs> school for our denomination. Yeah. And Lee Day is their weekend where. Any prospect students or just any students that's like in high school can come check out the campus. They showcase the campus. And last year, I think they had Lecrae perform at it. And this year, there's some students saying that Chance should come because he's saved now. And we were, so that's how all this came up because we were talking about that Saturday. It stresses me and, out just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking like um, parental advisory sticker. On, on the or label on the album, not really a sticker because he doesn't sell any albums in stores. It's all online and a lot of it's free, which is one of the phenomenal things about him is that he's got this success. He's won and not really released anything as far as like we think traditional mm-hmm. release where you can buy it and stuff. Uh, but there's still parental advisory. I mean, there's still, and we talked about his songs, Blessings, uh, All We Got, um, How Great is uh, some of his stuff but then you know he's dropping the f word in some other songs uh, 
the last song of the album I think is Smoke Break, which is talking about, you know, bringing smoking pot and stuff. And so like <laughs> where's where's he at? Where's he standing? And so we're thinking of that, we're thinking of some other things. We're thinking of new movie coming out the shack and and how many people's like promoting that and thinking this is a good Christian movie to take people to to hear about a good godly message, good godly Christian movie and then you read some stuff about the shack and the book that it's based on you're like man that is far off base and I'll go ahead and read this before we you know just because we're right here on it but on this site called the shack heresy.com they said this sentence that got both me and Trevor and I just I just really think it kind of fits the whole thing we're talking about some uh, but this question they said is is false that it's in the middle of a, an article or a paragraph on like their first page. It says, is falsehood about God okay if it's only fiction and makes you feel good about God? I was like, that's a really good question. Yeah, that is a really good question. Like, I feel like too much, and, and they kind of talk about it in this article, um, too, too many times we kind of try to make God more likable. That's a big thing that they say a lot mm -hmm. in there. Trying to make the image of God and this idea of God and the concept of God. Um, it's like we're trying to make Jesus relevant. Right. We're trying to we're trying to make him kind of going back to that first our first podcast, we're trying to make him more like a millennial Christian. Yeah. Which is what we're actually gonna talk about here with Chance the Rapper with another article that we have ready. Um, but I think I think that too many times we do that. We're trying to make God more accessible, more open, more. Oh, you could kind of believe whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, there's it, even they were they on this website. They even had like quotes from the book where it's pretty much just like Jesus saying, "Well, I don't care really what they believe as yeah, yeah, long as and, they believe." <laughs> like, and yeah, and I said, you know, I don't I, even care about making them Christians. Is literally what he says in the book. Yeah, and it's so it's hip, cool. Uh, Palpable is what they say. Uh, you know, I just said Jesus more relevant, and and just that thought of like like we really have to help Jesus. You yeah, know, appeal to people. I mean, he's been appealing to people for thousands of years, so like we really have to change. Yeah, you know? and and I'm one who has has spoken, believe. You know, our methods will change. The message never will. Right. And uh, but if we do things like like this, where you're you're kind of changing the way Jesus looks and the perceptive we should have him, you are changing the message because yeah. he is the word. Yeah, you're so, literally um, doing exactly what it says not to do yeah. in the Bible. <laughs> so, um, thoughts on all of this. And and like I said, we're going to reference this, this article that kind of talks about how chance represents the new kind of Christian millennial and three things that they list. But just, just some thoughts on this of, you know, what um, why do we do this? As churches, why do we just jump to this immediately? Is it is it because we're just hoping to embrace anything that is out in the world and hoping that like these big superstars are saved and and like why? Yeah, and I kind of wonder if we jump at it because oh now we got a really cool rapper or like <laughs> something like Selena Gomez. Oh now we got this popular actress and a really good singer or something like. That. You know, is it really about them getting saved, or is it just about like 
now we get to talk about how we have something really cool and trendy. You know, if the shack does well in the theaters, is that going to be it? Is it is it going to be wow? There's a lot of people looking to get saved, or is it just going to be like well, some Christian movie? Uh, that's a whole reference. Shack was a Christian movie, and it made x amount of millions of dollars or something it's like really well who came to know jesus and how good is that foundation is it jacked up because of they're basing off what they saw god the father and the son and the holy spirit characterized in that in that story um really good question that it said of just you know fiction fiction about god's okay because it makes us feel good about god i think that should concern us that that we might be that way I think it's more, like you were saying, trying to make Jesus more relevant. I think it's the church also trying to be more relevant. It's kind of like that that phrase, like, throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. We're we're throwing, we as the church are bombarding, and I do want to use that word bombarding. Like, that seems like a harsh word, but I really do feel like we're trying to bombard people with our ideas and our concepts and our beliefs and our religion, and they don't want to hear it. And occasionally something will stick like this. Where we may quote unquote win, and we may get a win when Kirk Franklin gets up on stage with Chance the Rapper and they sing "How Great Is Our God" and Chance raps over it. Yeah, like and then it looks like we we as the church did something when really maybe he just liked the song and wanted to put his music with it. That's yeah. kind of what the Grammys is about. I mean, if you look back in the history of the Grammys, you've got you've got. Uh, a lot of different performances. You've got Daft Punk and I think it was Stevie Wonder who did a song yeah, together. Like, mix like th- they do that all the time. Together. So this is literally just another example of that. Yeah. It just so happens that the other song well, was this, How Great Is Our God. I mean, this same show that sees Gaga and Metallica on the same stage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, like, you know, they'll fit some, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, was it just part of the performance or is it real? Now, I think. He, they are on the album. Kirk's on the album, and we'll we'll go a little bit deeper on, on this with Chance and just the fact that you know some things I've read. I believe you know there's there's some substance there to what Chance is saying as far as wanting to serve God or saying that he's he's came to know Christ as a savior. Uh, you know, mentions that of, of the time he went through, and now he's making music that he wants to have a message and a gospel message to it. And that's admirable things, but just like, do we just completely embrace that? How, you know, what what should be the church's response on these things? Because how many times have we looked dumb because we've, like, just kind of grabbed right onto something when, you know, it, it wasn't, it, yeah. I think, and I mentioned this to the group I was speaking of tonight a couple years ago. The Noah movie comes out, and there's just pastors like we're going to go see it as a church, and did zero research on the movie. And, then they and once you like, saw the uh... movie, you're like, "This is so not God," and we got suckered in into looking really foolish. I like the way you said that. Into promoting <laughs> a new age movie. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened there, and that was the plan too—to make Christians look stupid by supporting this movie, and like. How many times do we do that? And it's and I don't know why we do it. I don't know what we're chasing after, or why we're why we're accepting that. But I think, like I said, I think we're chasing after relevance. Yeah, we're chasing yeah. after it in different forms. 
Um, so with that, you've got this article up of that's listing. It's from the Christian Post, and it's listing. Uh, and like we we've done, we'll put these links on uh, the Christian Post. You might get some videos or something that pops up on it. But uh, anyways, it is an article that's. I think the title was um, Three Ways Chance the Rapper Represents Millennial Christians Today." I think it's what okay. I think that's how it is. It's kind yeah. of cut off here on my iPad, but. I think that's what it's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's just Dylan, like he kind of represents what the millennial Christian looks like today, and then the three reasons they give, and let's just kind of go through those real quick. And... So the first reason he, they give is um, he hasn't signed with any label. And actually, when I first started reading this article, because you kind of told me about this article before we started recording today, and that that really want that one kind of really, as soon as I read it, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I'm not reading any further into this article. But knowing what I know about, like, having read a little bit about Chance the Rapper, knowing that he hadn't signed with labels, it already represents a millennial Christian. It says, increasingly, millennials are detached from traditional institutions. Much attention is given to millennials leaving the church, but millennials are leaving institutions as a whole. They leave traditional institutions, but join upstart religious nonprofit organizations. The number of religious nonprofits increased significantly over the last 15 years. According to a 2013 report, 73% of millennials volunteered for a nonprofit organization in the previous year. Almost four out of five did so because of their passion for the cause. More than half were motivated by their interest in meeting like-minded volunteers, and nearly 83% of young Americans donated money to a nonprofit. So, they, I feel like. And I, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, I guess you could say the pot calling the kettle black in this situation because I myself am part of that millennial generation. But, you know, I think it's really not, it's really not signing to a label. It's just finding the right one. More, yeah. more of a thing. I mean, and I'm not speaking obviously for Chance the Rapper or for millennials as a whole because every person is different. But I think it's more of trying to find a place where you belong and trying yeah. to find a place where you fit. One as we as we uh, sat down, as me and and Rachel Elkins, Nathan, and uh, my wife Mandy, when we sat down and began to talk about Foundation Church and what that would look like, you know, we we asked that question, "What's our why?" You know, and um, why are we here as a church? And so, finding that identity, finding why we exist, what we want to be a part of. And so I understand that concept. Of like, what's what are we about? Why are we why are we here? There, you have to be passionate about what you're what you're doing and why you're why you're here. But it it always cracks me up. And this would be a whole different kind of podcast. It always cracks me up the thought of kind of an anti-denomination and let's not be part of this organization and stuff. And so then um, you know let's go be part of this non-denominational church that falls underneath the authority of like a board of directors or something like that. So you're part of a denomination. Like like the people who think they're not part of a denomination because they're part of a network of churches that agree on the same principles and doctrine. That's a denomination. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's just a, a different way to <laughs> formulate it. And yeah. they might not meet and vote for who's the leader of the denomination, but it's still one. And like even in this, you know, many millennials are leaving organizations to join non-profit organizations <laughs> so like so i i i agree with what you said it's not it's not as much of like we're just leaving and being all independent it's something that you actually 
feel like being a part of, something worth being a part of. And how important that is for us and to take that concept as churches and realize we have to make sure, and this is a method thing, this ain't changing the message, this is a method thing, mm -hmm. to make sure that we are presenting ourselves in a way that makes us look like we're worth joining. Mm -hmm. Like like it's it's worth your time. It's it's something to be passionate about what what we are about and and uh you know not to just not to just leave it out like well you need to you need to come to our church because we love the lord well these people over here love the lord too and they also act like they do it actually shows in their actions it's not just on their sign right right you know, so um i think okay so, so let's head to, head to point two mm -hmm. um he's rough around the edges uh it talks about how in his songs there's a lot of profanity um there the lyrics are kind of shocking um it says that profanity is often used utilized in communication in order to shock and make an emphatic point uh while someone might be shocked at the profanity one could be equally shocked at his points that highlight systematic racism in our culture um obviously we and the person writing this article is not trying to justify the profanity but they are saying that how did they word it in here um they are saying that there's that he has a rationale behind why he's yeah. writing the lyrics that he is he's rough around the edges but he's committed to making god's kingdom come god's will be done on earth as it is in heaven he doesn't extend invitations to join him at church but rather brings the message of the church into the culture which yeah. i think kind of goes to changing that message which we shouldn't be doing yeah um well, there's a couple of different articles, you know, when researching this that I looked at too, that just kind of mention, you know, where he might cuss in a song, but that's the culture he's coming from, or that fits the rap genre and, and what he's doing, that fits the area that he's from, and it just, you know, talking about smoking or, or talking about getting drunk or this or that, or, you know, it's or drugs, and that's just what he's from and what... And, you know, I don't know when, when is, when are you testifying? I, I've thought of this, you know, I've had, I had some times where I listen to testimonies of people and you'd sit there and go like, you know, have you been there where you've heard someone's testimony? And you're like, wow, that's amazing what God's brought them through. And then you've heard another person's testimony. And it's like, sure sounds like they missed their old life. Mm -hmm. Like, have you heard that? Yeah. You know, where they're like, yeah. dude, we used to get drunk every Friday night. And it's like, and it's like oh, man. It sounds like you really wish you could do that this Friday. <laughs> like, I'm not seeing Jesus here. You know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of. And so what what goes, you know, okay, I'll, I'll play along with that. But, but my thought is, in his song, like, you can tell us what you used to be a part of without it sounding like you're still a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can paint the picture for me of how rough it is without having to use the cuss words mm -hmm. or without having to go into detail of what you've done. I can still get the idea of what God's brought you through or what you might even still be struggling with some without you having to like so blatantly show it. And I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I mean, that's... That's kind of where I, I, I catch that and think like, 
uh, do we miss that? Are we giving a pass to something that we shouldn't? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the discipleship and 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 come alongside and just saying, you know, let's see some difference here. Let's read that third one real quick, and then I know we were going a little long here because we talked on some other stuff too, but we'll kind of wrap it up here with a third one and then a scripture that I think really can apply to these different things. And then also uh, just some kind of closing thoughts on both of us with this, but go ahead. All right, so the third point is he understands the urgency of now. It says, His restlessness and eagerness are infectious, causing you to shift in your seat in a rhythmic fashion. He has a way with words, and his words have their way with you. His songs have a palpable energy that is characteristic of rap. Not all millennials rap, but many share the urgency that characterizes rap. 74% of millennials believe that they can make a difference in the world now. Um... So it just kind of talks about that he's he wants to get going every morning, wants to get things going. He want, he really wants to get involved, just like millennials do. They're seeking for a place to make a difference, make a difference, and to direct their efforts. Yeah. I think, and that's exactly what the church should be doing, especially when I mean, how long have we heard messages of Jesus is coming soon, and we still believe it. And so if we believed it so fervently 20 years ago, then why why are we acting, I, I don't know, it's like we've fallen asleep at it. We still believe Jesus is coming, but if he was coming 20 years ago and he hasn't came yet, then we should be even closer to the day, right? So shouldn't we see more of a fervency to do things for Christ than, than what we did 20 years ago? But I don't think that's true. I think we're kind of gotten lax. We got comfortable. We may not even believe completely what all we preach are as strong as we used to. And to see there's a generation out there that like, I want to make a difference now. I want to make an impact in my community, in this world now. And shouldn't the church be one of the main places that is trying to find a way to impact the world around them? And it doesn't seem to be that way. We get in this mode of like, let's just come to church, do our thing and leave. And, and not a lot of growth that happens there. So some closing thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I think with what I've looked at, <clears throat> I really believe that chance is actually genuine in uh, his thoughts towards Christ, his walk with Christ, um, genuine in believing that um, he's saved or that he's accepted Christ or, you know, um, but I think a prayer to go with is that God will send someone in his path who can help mentor him, can come alongside him and say, okay, why do you feel the need to write this song that is still talking about your past life? Mm-hmm. You know, why do you, you know, someone who can come along and do that. And Colossians 3, 1 through 3 um, says, since then you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now that's coming from Colossians. I'm also reading that just out of uh, the article JonathanMcKeeWrites.com and his article on this on Chance Rapper, which I think is really good. Uh, article because it's just asking questions that when we get to this thing of his chance saved uh, to really ask us like what does that mean 
like almost a self-evaluation. How does that fit? What what would that mean if someone walked up and said, "Are are you saved? Is Chad Muncy saved? Is Trevor Fannin saved?" Like, what in our life is showing that that's a true statement? Mm-hmm. So, and we could look to we could we could go deeper on. Uh, uh, I know a verse that's probably come in some people's mind who would be listening to us of Judge Not out of Matthew. Well, read that whole chapter, and you're going to see. Uh, that we don't need to just stop at judge not lest you be judged. Um, you know, uh, there's that call there that we have to live at a different life than what we used to be a part of. But we also have to make sure that we're living where we need to before we come alongside and try to help someone grow in their walk. So um, I think he's genuine. And it's it's... Praying that people come in his life who can help him grow in his walk with Christ. And that should be true for all of us. And the church has to go past. Um, there's He's not the first celebrity who has said, I've had an encounter with God or I'm, I'm a Christian now or I serve Christ. Um, he's not the first celebrity that's done that. Uh and the reason why why we keep grasping at this when it happens is because we see ones do this and then they fall back into stuff and it's because we never we never come alongside them and help them grow in their walk we're mm. just like oh sweet they're saved now yay now they're going to make Christian stuff and then they don't they're like well then it was all fake and we just kind of like let them go yeah I and think... it's, it's like it wasn't genuine they were just it's like well you know who came alongside them and said and helped them evaluate their life and evaluate their walk and say, hey, why is this song praising God and this song clearly showing, you know, if if this if people listen to this song, they're going to think there's no way you know God. Yeah. And this one, they want you to come to their service and preach. Yeah. So there can't be both. One of them has to change. One of them has to be the real thing. So. And all we can really hope is that it's a change for the better. Yeah. Any last thoughts besides that? or No, I think I think that was All right. good. Well, a little bit lengthy on this one, but we hope you <laughs> yeah. liked it. Uh, definitely comment. We want to hear your comments. I know we saw some on the very first one, kind of missed them. Um, but we want to see your comments and, uh, and just share that, see what you think too. But we appreciate you, and thank you for joining us on Fundamentals of Foundation. This is Pastor Chad Muncy, and uh, we will uh, see you later. Uh, Be blessed.